Raising black children in the United States can be really scary. And as a black mother, I realized I was parenting from fear. And I wanted to make a commitment to parent for liberation. You are listening to the Parenting for Liberation podcast, and I am your host, Trina Green-Brown. Each week, I am joined by other black parents, and we discuss our own journeys to push past our fear so that we can raise our beautiful black children to be whole, free, and liberated. Wake up, everybody, no more sleeping in bed. No more backward thinking, time for thinking ahead. The world has changed so Good afternoon, this is Trina Green-Brown with Parenting for Liberation. I'm here with Natalie Pimpkin, who is the founder of Black World Schooler. She is a mother of two who is raising her beloved children in Indianapolis, Indiana. Thank you, Natalie, for joining us on the podcast. Thank you so much for having me. I am super excited to connect with you and learn more about your work. Um, I've been asked by a couple of folks who listen to the podcast or who I've met in person about this idea of homeschooling with our children, especially Black children. And it's summertime right now, and a lot of kids are home from school, and their families are really kind of scrambling to figure out how do we support our kids' learning and development um, while they're home from school. So excited that you could join us um, during this busy season for yourself and your family. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. No problem. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm Natalie Pipkin. Like, I'm a mother of two. I have a seven-year-old and a 10-year-old. They both turned seven and 10 in June. And I'm a wife of one, <laughs> my husband, Andre Pipkin. And I'm also a um, drum circle facilitator, and I'm the founder of the Pulse Project um, Community Drumming Initiative here in Indianapolis, Indiana. Um, I'm a blogger, poet, drummer, community builder, and uh, a proud disruptor. <laughs> but um, I am a home educator, and we are Black world schoolers. And basically, we're just shaping how we see ourselves in the world. Love it. Yes, you are all things. Name all the things that you are, sis. Uh, <laughs> from the, the drum circle to the community builder to the disruptor, like all of that. I think is situated within the work that you do in your home with your family as you're raising liberated black children. So let's get into it. So, you know, a lot of research has come out that shows that African-Americans are increasingly putting their children out of public schools or traditional schools and are deciding to homeschool them for a variety of reasons, whether that be to help instill cultural pride or to teach them black history or maybe to interrupt the school to prison pipeline. Um, so I'm curious what made you transition to homeschooling or world schooling, but would love for you to to share with folks about what called you to, to home educate your babies. Man, that's that's really like always the hardest question because it's like not one thing. <laughs> but um I, hundreds of reasons crossed my mind and well, we were at a pretty elite private school and it's a private classical. The first two years I, I thought we found a place we could work with. I mean growing up I definitely experienced racism in school, whether it be through the curriculum or from teachers or from students. I mean, I got called uh, the N-word in the fourth grade. I mean, I remember my eighth grade teacher's racist. And my mom experienced it. My brothers and sisters experienced it. So unfortunately, although we thought we found the good school, right, and even it was diverse, like as far as the student body, not the faculty, not the curriculum, but the student body, we thought we found a school we could work with knowing that being black, we're going to have to deal with this curriculum, probably like somewhat something in the curriculum and deal with somebody's racism because that's what we have to deal with. Right. That's how I grew up. And my mom grew up, how her grandma grew up. So this is what we have to face. And 
black mamas know that we're ready. Like, we know we're going to send our kids to school, but we know we're a phone call away. We know that we will show up. We know that we, we know that we have to be ready. Like, we know we don't send our kids to school comfortably. We know that we got to watch what they're teaching or watch what they're, how they're treating them. We have to, you know, I was heavily involved and all that. The first two years, I thought we found a place to work with. And that second grade curriculum hit. And then that racism from teachers and students. I remember, was he seven years old? And the text read, darky, darky. That was in the book, me and the kids. Lab. One thing that I was grateful for is that uh, we provided a cultural foundation for our kids prior to coming. And it doesn't prevent racism, but it helps you recognize it and call it out. There's so many of our children who are in school who do not know they're the butt of the joke. But and even for my son, he already knew then at seven what was up. You know, that was disturbing, and that was just the tip of the iceberg. So many things occurred after that. And, it's, and, and I have to remind people, too, that our children were excellent students, uh, honor roll students, which are things I don't care about anymore, but <laughs> honor roll students and just exceptional. They're teacher's dream, right? And a lot of that was all the prepping, right, that you do for your children. Like, you know, only black children only get one chance. You know, you can't mess up. Da, da. Not that I thought they would, but it's just a speech you give, right? Um, they were excellent. Um, so it really shocked people when we left. And the reason we left, as much as we were fighting, we fighting, correcting, educating, teaching, trying to make things change. And while I'm doing all that, mind you, we're still the face of this school, right? I'm still drawing other Black families to a school that I don't even think is good enough for our children and aren't treating other Black children with the respect and dignity they deserve. But me being here alone is enough to, to make another parent come in, right? That was one problem. Right. Another problem was, you know, I just finally decided that all of that time and, and energy that I was putting towards fighting the school system and challenging the curriculum and correcting and educating parents and protecting other people's babies who they didn't, they didn't even know what was happening to their kids. I was there volunteering and doing everything I could all the time, you know. All of that energy and stress that I was putting towards all of that I said I could be using that same energy to teach my own, and that was that was it. I would never take them out if they didn't want to go. My five-year-old, he was five at the time. He was in kindergarten. He said, like Columbus Day type stuff, and he said, "Mom, if they're always lying, why you keep sending me here?" I was like, "Boom!" <laughs> so, yeah, I mean that was like early on before I was thinking about even homeschooling. And, I never thought I would homeschool. Like, that was not in my mind. I'd be the one laughing, like, girl, bye. Like, you know what I mean? So, yeah, he was, they really sparked the idea. They sparked the idea because they, they challenged me. Like, so much of what you shared resonates because I remember similarly, my kid was in kindergarten and came home. We had done the, the foundation of, of, pride and cultural resilience around blackness and identity and knowing that he would be like one of the few African-American children. I'm going to the school and prepping the teacher and checking the teachers, Mm -hmm. talking to the administrators and volunteering once a week so I can be there and be a present. All the things, all the extra labor to make sure that our children are seen, are heard, are valued. Yes. Um, and not just my child, right? Like the other black and brown. Right. All the Mm -hmm. children. It's like, oh no, they need to know this as well. And I remember him coming home from school um, and he was asking me about like white skin and like white skin, like the kids with white skin are treated different. Like they're cooler. I wish I had white skin so that I could be treated like them and be cool. And I'm just like, oh, wow. 
Um, so it kind of yeah. hits, right? Kind of takes you out a little bit. Um, mm-hmm. And so I just wanted to name that that resonates. And I also just want to appreciate you naming the way that like black parents know, like we kind of prepare ourselves for it and we try to do all the things that we can to we know yes. that we prevent it, but we try to create this like, I don't know, I imagine like the safety bubble and not a bubble to protect them from the world, but just a safety bubble of like self-love and like affirmations and uh, af- yeah, just like them to love themselves, know their history, know that these people might be lying and that they're going to tell a particular story. So we do all that with our children in the home. And then we also go into the schools and try to sure up, like identify who are our allies. Oh, let me see your curriculum. Well, did you doing all the things to help supplement the curriculum? So you mentioned, you mentioned safety and and it's so true. It's like, it's, it's that part of like just affirming them and um, helping them know who they are. But the other part is just real safety. There are certain things black children cannot do that white children can get away with. And they, like you said, your son noticed a difference. And yeah, my kids noticed the difference and they weren't the ones getting in trouble. But how traumatizing is it to see that the people who look just like you are always the ones flooding the hallways, getting put out for every little thing. How, how traumatizing is, to, is it to you to know that it could be you if you mess up one time? Because whoever else can crawl under the table, yell a teacher, do whatever, and and be seen as, well, you're like my son, you're like my child, let me help you. Let you do something out of pocket, that's it for you. Your label is on you for the rest of the time, you know? And those are, and that's, that's, that's the other part of safety, just real safety. You don't, you don't really get chances as a black child period that person but let alone a black child in school you know it is about safety and protection um and we know folks we've talked about on the podcast before the school to prison pipeline um and it's as young as the preschool to prison pipeline where black children are are being pushed out of classes and are being suspended or um expelled or you know being held in different safety rooms and things of that nature because of just typical child-like behavior that their white peers mm-hmm. engage in, but they're not seen as a threat and they're not seen as like, right. you're totally yeah. right about that. And so I think it is a measure of safety. It's a measure of trying to protect our children. Really appreciating you name that like we as black parents are doing all that labor in front end already, um, which then became the question that your kids ask you, like, why are we doing all this labor to be in these institutions? <laughs> <laughs> it's not freedom it's not freedom it's so much prepping and and so much level of emotional maturity and perfection that you shouldn't even have to require out of them they nailed it but dang that sucks that you gotta be that young and that much on your toes you know what i mean and and that stuff gets released at home the tears the rays the the whatever it's frustrating trying to to keep it together out of fear, not from just the conversation of you prepping them, but from what they actually see happening in the school with their peers who look like them. It is, it is, it is a, you know, it's, it's a hard, it's too much for, it's too much of a weight for anybody to carry light along the child. Yeah. Yes, it is. And so I appreciate you. You decided to pick up that weight um, that your, your children put down and you picked up, like, why are we even here? So you made the transition <laughs> to homeschool. Um, and I'm just curious about you've, you've named a couple of things that 
Um, to me, I have question marks around. So I just wanted to see if you can clarify or give us a little bit more context. You know, there's homeschooling. And I heard, you know, your your work is called world schooling. So I just wanted to see if you can share a little bit about what's the distinction between the two. And I'm sure there's many different ways that everyone does it differently. It's not one size fit all, just like parenting. Um, but just curious about if you could share folks, like, what does that look like? What are the distinctions? And how do you um, parent your children for liberation as a home educator? I know many people have, you know, haven't even been to school, but just start off homeschooling. But I'm grateful for the four years we were there because it's reminded that all that prepping we're talking about and all all that we do to prepare our children for white spaces, it, it will not protect them from the stereotypes and the labels and the racism. Mm-hmm. And that they will still have to prove with every encounter and every inch they grow that they're what they call, you know, one of the good ones. And it may allow them to assimilate, but it will not set them free. You know, that, that was what I, one thing I definitely learned and was reminded of. But the other part I learned is that classical education, in my opinion, it is the breeding ground for white supremacy, period. But that's a whole another conversation. Um, there's so many different titles in this homeschooling and world schooling and unschooling and road schooling. And I mean, there's all kinds of things. Um, I think for us, when we when we became black world schoolers, it wasn't world schooling in the way maybe others had think of world schooling. World schooling typically is traveling part-time or full-time across the world frequently. And, you know, um, for us, being black world schoolers is less about where we travel and more about how we see ourselves in the world. Um, black people, I mean, black children, especially coming from, state, you know, school systems and different spaces where they're alone, they, they feel alone. And so connecting to our global community and our global history is so important. And uh, so when we travel, which we do travel, we have a, a commitment to um, one trip abroad, um, two domestic trips, and then we try to road trip as often as possible. Um, so when we do travel, the question is always, what's the history here of the people of African descent? Where are the historical and cultural sites and events? Where are the black businesses and hotels? You know, and where are the people right now? So to make sure that we get a chance to talk and connect with people who look like us wherever we are, so that they know they're not alone and that black is global. Like we're everywhere. And even when you feel alone, I'm telling you, there's there's a history, there's a peace, there's somebody everywhere you go, and we just need to find them. And it's just to see our children's face light up. And even as I've been with them, just learning from really understanding that for myself, like connecting globally to us is so powerful, especially, I mean, I live in Indiana, so <laughs> it's really important, you know, that we connect globally. So yeah, connecting globally is important, and, you know, and locally as well. I mean, people think that world schooling means I have to go travel and spend a lot of money, but there's so many wonderful things that's right in your own backyard and so much, so much history you haven't discovered right here or so many people you haven't connected to right here. And something since we've left the school system, we've had so much time to do just that. I think a lot of people often think that when you are homeschooling, that we're isolated or we're not socializing. But for our mission and for who we are, getting out is everything. We go to all the libraries and all the parks and all the museums, even, you know, meeting local homeschool moms. We always make sure that we're checking in with each other. Uh, that's the main thing, just for support to make sure everybody's okay, make sure everybody's good. Mm, thank you for sharing that especially the pieces around 
building community and connecting with other homeschool families and moms and parents in the area and even doing the like local connection to libraries and museums. A part of the reason why I've informed Parenting for Liberation and started this podcast and this work was really to connect with other Black parents who are trying to raise their children with some intentionality around liberation. And oftentimes, when I think about a lot of the ways that white supremacy, patriarchy, capitalism intentionally try to isolate us and separate us and create divides within our community, because community building is, I believe, the, the, one of the keys to us being liberated and being a united front. I'm definitely strong about, like you are, about, you know, building a community and supporting moms, period. I don't care what kind of mom you are. If you're in school, out of school, on school, world school, homeschool, like, I'm about that. And and one thing that we committed to um, together, like, you know, as a family was, like, uh, as Black world schoolers, we were never going to forget about the Black children who were inside the classroom and outside the curriculum. And that's why I created the blog and Instagram. Um, through that, we're also connecting with those parents as well. So something that we're doing coming up next month is starting a book club. And the book club is on Sundays intentionally so that both kids who are in school and are homeschooled can participate. And that's, that's the beginning of what we're trying to do is, is make sure that we're going to re-engage parents from both sides so that there isn't a rift and make sure that we, that we understand on both sides that we need to protect all of our children. We need to be there for all of our children. So if I'm a, a homeschool mom and you're, you're working and you want somebody to come check up on your kid, you want somebody to, to you know, to, to peek in or, or to feel, do a field trip or something, I'm that mom. Like, we can do that. But we also need support as well, right? Spread the good word about the options of homeschooling. Even if you don't want to make that choice, if you don't want to homeschool, it doesn't mean you can't share the positive, positive things about homeschooling, like just supporting each other um, both ways. I appreciate your commitment to maintaining community across the the false divisions, right? Because they're false. Like, as you said, it's about all of our children in school, out of school that if we're doing what we're doing to support and amplify and uplift Black children to thrive, then all Black children. Doesn't matter if they're in the schools, outside of the schools. Um, so I really appreciate your commitment. And I really appreciate the work that you're going to start doing with the book club on Sundays so that kids who are in school and out of school can all participate. Um, and I think that's really dope because that's an example of like how you're starting to do building small pathways for folks who like have considered it, who like me, who's like, I really don't like the schools that my kid is in. I really wish there was a black space or I wish there was some type of school, but I know like I personally don't have the patience (laughs) to be able to support my kid from home in that way. I'm always curious, like, well, what are the small ways that folks can do it? And even hearing about your book club is one way that folks can begin to engage with families and engage with kids outside of school and like really build up different ways of learning and engaging in content around our identity. But curious, what would you say to parents like me who have considered it, Mm -hmm. but have their own concerns about resources, capacity, and all the things. Um, and also, what are some ways that we can try and start in small ways to begin the world schooling framework in our lives? And I totally feel that. And I mean, I want to say to I mean, all the beautiful Black parents that um, who don't feel qualified that um, remember that we've been doing this. Like, we've always done this. Like, we... Um, our, you know, our ancestors did it, and they did it with so much less. And we not only have an abundance of resources and examples, 
We have the strength of our ancestors, and we have a love for our children like no one else. And I hear you about the patience, because I was like, I always was a mom, like, I'm not homeschooling. Like, that was not, that was a laughable thing. But I tell you, like, since we've been home, um, and you're taking away that morning rush, you're taking away that rush at night and that homework, you know, and, and dinner and get you to bed and da-da-da-da. And, you know, it has filled our lives with so much joy. And we have slowed down so much. And my parenting has changed so much. Like, my parenting was, I mean, I was so different being in, in the school system. I just was because all I said all the prepping, and it was so fear-based. Everything I was doing was fear-based. They didn't have to do anything, but I was walking in fear because I knew where I was standing down. You understand? And so that fear-based parenting really changed how our relationship was while they were in school. You know what I mean? And uh, it was survival, you know, to fit into a white world, for real. So uh, now that uh, we're raising three people who can look at themselves in the mirror and say, you know, the world is yours, it, it changes everything and homeschooling is like the best decision I've ever made. And I promise you I wouldn't have said that like two years ago, <laughs> you know what I mean? But um, I would definitely, definitely um, don't count yourself out. I guess what I'm saying there, don't count yourself out. Don't count yourself out. Um, know that you're not required to know everything. Like your job is to expose them, whether they're in school or out of, you know, or, or homeschool. Your job is not to know everything. No teacher knows everything. Nobody knows everything. Your job is to expose them to the wonderful world of resources and opportunities, to learn with them, to make learning plain and fun. And of course, what you know adds to that, but what you're willing to learn with them is the game changer. And that's whether you're in or out of school. So if you care about your history, if you care about, um, digging deep or starting from the beginning and, and learning history from the beginning and going on on the weekends or at night through stories, do that. And if you're excited about it, they'll be excited about it. You know what I mean? Um, if what, Whatever you're excited about, they're going to be excited about. So definitely find exciting ways to learn what they're interested in. Because the other side of that, you don't want to just do random Black history talks. Like, it needs to be natural. Like, they need to love it. Like, our kids love learning about themselves they love 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 it they love history and I don't think even growing up that's something I could say but I do now you know what I mean so finding you know of course museums and their shows but there's some great books the Marcus Jones that's a great book it's a, it's a kid's chapter book they love it there's so many great kids history books um the listening tree bookstore in Atlanta I think they have, they're on Instagram they have great books and he recommended that too. there's so many great books that will will teach them their history yeah, encourage them along the way. Also, reaching out to homeschoolers who are in your area and seeing what they are doing. Because even if you're on Christmas break or fall break or summer break, see what they're doing. See if you can get together and do some things with them. Yeah, if you have the time, you have the energy, definitely supplement. Do whatever you can, however you can, the best way you can. I appreciate that. Um, the reminder that our ancestors have always done this. Our people have always done this. We've always had to supplement our children's education as long as there's been these kind of structured schools that like we know that they don't teach our baby about themselves or their history. So we've always had to do it even now on summer break and they're working on a project right now. It's called the Wakanda Dream Lab. Just to name that as like, oh yeah, I am supplementing. I might not see it that way, but it's being Yeah, absolutely. Um, and she well, loves it. She loves it because she's, she's into it. And that's what's important. There we go. Yes. 
So I acknowledge also that I have a lot of privilege, right? Like I have the privilege of being home, being able to work from home on certain days and like being able to be here to engage in those conversations. I do want to acknowledge that privilege. I have support system, like folks who want to homeschool, but they need to make ends meet or they need to be able to earn resources to be able to provide for their children. So they need to send their children to school or how can they supplement without feeling like they have to not be able to work? It's a hard one because again, it goes back to your why. If you don't, if you're not feeling like this push or this, your kids are not, you know, I mean, there's some people going to say, Hey, every black child needs to be home. And, you know, I can, I see that, but I know it's not possible. Right. My mom couldn't homeschool me if she had wanted to. Right. So, but the other side is I, I know moms who, because of their why they work nights and they teach during the day and they have people watching their grandparents, watching kids when they're at work, you know what I mean? Or they have kids old enough to be home by themselves while they work at night. Um, I, I know, I know single moms, I know moms who are, who are, you know, working moms who homeschool. So your why does make a difference. Like that's, there's no other option for them. They're like, I'm doing this right. If you don't feel as strongly about homeschool being necessary, like, you know, school is cool. I mean, there's some things that I would add, but I don't feel like it's a horrible experience. Then of course, um, like you were saying, how you found activities for your, your, um, your children to do over the summer that are um, African centered. And of course the books and definitely, I would definitely find um, like homeschool groups, African center homeschool groups. One that sticks out to me right now is Liberated Minds Expo. They're in Atlanta. And we just actually came back from that conference. And there were so many parents who stopped by our table who, who, um, whose kids were in school, but they were like you, like, hey, you know, our kids are in school, but I come to this expo just to gather resources, just to be in community, just to, you know, remember like, yeah, I may not be homeschooling, but I do, I need this community of people who care about their children's education too. You know what I mean? So like, I saw a lot of parents there who were, who were not homeschooled, homeschooling, but they um, came to the expo to gather resources to help supplement. And also just to be encouraged, you know what I mean? Because it still is hard. Yeah, you can be in school and totally hate it, but just not have the option to homeschool. It is a privilege to homeschool. And it's a sacrifice as well, right? Either side. So, yeah, if if you're feeling like that, I would definitely look up Liberated Minds on Instagram. They have the expo every year in July in Atlanta. And it was just, it was liberating. And there were so many resources. And we actually had a table there this year and we were selling Fabric Chart products um, that was created here in Indianapolis actually in the late 70s. It's a uh, global history chart from an African perspective and it includes 24 other civilizations as well. Many times we learn one part of history as if the rest of the world was just standing still doing nothing. But with this Afro chart, it's a circular graph. You can see what important events were going on in history in different civilizations at the same time, while also seeing the African influence on those civilizations. So it's brilliant and it's vintage and it's, it's necessary. So we brought it down there and uh, we, we sold a lot of them to parents who were not homeschooling. And it was a great resource for, for their home. That's important to one, acknowledge the privilege and also the sacrifice of homeschooling. It has to be an intentional choice and commitment. And that comes with sacrifices. It comes with privilege. And so I just want to acknowledge the wholeness of that. Um, that comes with 
many layers around resource. Do you have a support system, a network? Do you have options around when you can have your work schedule? Like just so many things come into play. And we want to honor yeah. everyone who has to make the choice, the best choices that they can for their children and for themselves. Absolutely. So that choices, just want to support that. And figuring out folks who can't choose um, to do homeschooling all the other ways. So appreciate all the resources that you've listed and just the, the opportunities for folks to try out a slice of homeschooling when their kids have breaks or, you know, on the weekends that are after school or like what programs are they in, what clubs or groups are they associated with? Um, and you're not, you're not the first person on this podcast to share some of this. We had one of our earlier podcasts um, with Mona Lisa Diallo, um, who shared about, you know, just like some intentional strategies that, that she tried when she was um, parenting her children. Like instead of throwing like huge birthday parties every year or instead of buying them the latest gadget or the latest tennis shoe or whatever, that instead of doing that, making choices to save resources um, and putting that money towards them being able to take a trip abroad, right? So that they can use the world, right? And so, and then she also shared like, you don't have to go abroad. You don't have to go abroad to learn about different cultures. Like there's literally so many different cultures just right here in our own backyard in our own communities, right? Like just a continuing conversation or thread about the ways that we can broaden our children's horizons by what we introduce to them. I mean, that any of us could make those choices and could, could engage our kids in that. It doesn't have to be a homeschool parent only, so. Yeah, and we're needed in all those spaces. That's something that that may be unpopular as well, but we are needed in all those spaces. How would I have not, you know, found out the things that I did find out if I hadn't entered the school? You know what I mean? Um, like, and not even that part. Uh, there's people who are in there now, and just because you're in school and you see something wrong, you don't leave, doesn't mean you're not fighting. I hope that they're fighting. I hope they're fighting for their kids and other people's kids. You know what I mean? And when you homeschool, I hope you don't just get in your comfy couch and say, well, my kid's good, so, you know, I don't have to worry about anybody else. I hope they're fighting for your kids, too, and fighting for kids who are in school. And I just hope we continue to fight for each other. And I, I just hope we understand that we all have our own journeys and our own purpose, whether that be in school or out of school, that we, we – we do, we do what we need to do wherever we are. And we, you know, we keep fighting, you know, my fights on the outside, your fights on the inside, we still fighting, And that's, that's what matters to me the most. Thank you so much for saying that. That is what liberation looks like. That's what parenting for liberation is. It's about how we do it in our homes, how we make sure that our children are great and they feel affirmed and that they have a sense of their own liberation, their own cultural awakening. But also it's, about us outside of our homes uniting together as families to fight, right? Whether that be fighting from within the system or fighting from outside of the system, that we're intentionally putting up the fight to make to dismantle these systems of oppression, to dismantle white supremacy so that our children can thrive and that they can be yes. they can be whole. That we don't have to continue to fight internally, that this fight externally will will help to crumble some of those walls um, of oppression and supremacy. Yes. This has been a really great conversation. I'm curious if you have any other things that you want to share with folks um, and ways that folks can connect with you and your work to continue learning for folks who are homeschooling, folks who are considering it, and folks who are whose children are in school but still want to learn from you about what are some of the activities that you do because you do incredible things with your kids that I'm like, I want to try. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, we hope to have a website together soon, but um Right now, they can follow us on Instagram um, at Black World Schoolers and a link to our blog spot on WordPress. It's just Black, Beautiful, and True at WordPress. Uh, we do a poetry challenge every month, and the next one starts um, next month. 
all black poetry, black poets, and we just encourage parents and children to memorize the poems and share them. Take a video and share them on Instagram, and we have some really cool prizes at the end of the month for for people who are sharing the poetry. So we have our Black Women's Floors Poetry Challenge happening next month. Nice. See if my kids are excited about it and see if they'll participate. And also we'll share that that challenge with folks. I'll get the links and information from you so we can post um, on the show notes. Yeah. Well, I really appreciate this conversation. Um, I've really enjoyed talking to you. You've given me a lot of inspiration about what's possible. You've also helped me to release some of the shame or guilt of like not making that choice because I feel like sometimes there's a lot of shame or guilt about like I didn't choose to homeschool and I send my kids to the public school. So I appreciate one, the affirmation and also the the release of pressure and criticism um, that comes mm-hmm. with the choices um, that we have to make for our children. And I finally just want to appreciate this commitment to fighting for all of our children that you named um, so beautifully, that regardless of if they're in school or out of school, that we will continue to fight for all Black babies to be free and to thrive. Yes, infiltrate. I like y'all that y'all there. Infiltrate. (laughs) (laughs) Disruptors, disruptors. We got you covered. (laughs) All right. Thank you so much, sis. Thank you. I hope something shared on this episode will inspire you to parent for liberation. Thank you for listening to this episode of Parenting for Liberation. Please like us on all social media at Parenting for Liberation. We'd love to hear from you how you are Parenting for Liberation. Feel free to comment, like, tag using the hashtag Liberated Parenting. Feel free to DM or email us at parentingforliberation at gmail.com with any questions, topics, or if you'd like to be interviewed for the podcast. All right. Until next time, let's get free, y'all.